Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s back before they all sold out. Say it all together if you with me now. Nerds ruin everything. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about who the fuck knows today. Um, There's but, a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, I just, I, I, and Adam's not feeling well, he's got a sore throat um, for reasons that will probably become apparent in a minute. But, yes. I, and it sucks because I really want to hear all about that, but I also don't want to like, Hey, talk for an hour and a half about what you did this week. Um, <laughs> so, but before we do anything else, I bought something yesterday that I desperately wanted to send you a picture of, but mm-hmm. I was like, nope, I'm going to wait because I want to record his reaction on the podcast. So I'm texting you a picture of what I bought yesterday and listened to this morning. Mm. Here we go. Holy <laughs> shit. The return of motherfucking Bruno, dude. You do not know how much this has made my fucking day. Where the fuck did you find it? So I've mentioned like, McKay's before. Yes, uh, which you have. Is this huge, I say bookstore. It's not a bookstore. They sell so much shit. Um, but records, CDs, tapes, comics, books, games, puzzles, toys, it, it, like if it can, if it, it's, it's like a giant garage sale, like Uh it's just, they sell so much shit, but I, I, you know, we've been for the last year, we've talked about how I got into vinyl. And so I'm always on the lookout for things that are just weird. And I'm like, I should own them. And um, I actually didn't. Uh, I found two MF Doom records a week oh. ago, and we didn't get to talk about that. Um, but yeah, those were expensive. This not expensive. So I had a bunch of DVDs that uh, I'm making a very short story, very long. I had a bunch of DVDs and. Like I that I own the Blu-rays of or just stuff that I just needed to get rid of or like TV series that I bought the complete series set of. I'm like, I Mm -hmm. need to get rid of these like seasons one through four of this because I have the complete series now. So I finally took all of it to McKay's, traded it in, got like, I don't remember, like $150 in store credit. And while I was waiting for them to process uh, my, uh, re- my trade-ins, I was, I was like, I'm going to go look at the vinyl. I'm running out of room for vinyl. So I, I really have to slow down buying, but I was like, I'm going to look, I'm just going to look at what they've recently bought. And so I'm digging through stuff. And I was like, ah, I found a Dean Martin record for like three bucks. And I was like, Oh, that looks interesting. It was like stuff from his TV show. And then oh, I found okay. like a, yeah. a Willie Nelson record I didn't have for a couple of dollars. And then I see Bruce Willis, The Return of Bruno, $2. $2. $2. 
I've been looking for that. I've been looking for that vinyl forever, dude. Like, I mean, since I started like really seriously collecting vinyl during the uh, during the pandemic, like I and a cheap version of it, like a, like a like a like five ten dollars, right? Right. Not like it's, the fifty it's, to sixty dollars. It's not high art, <laughs> you know. No, it's, it's Bruce not. Willis being goofy, and it, what's crazy to me is it's it's a Motown record. It's an actual, like it was released from Motown. Yeah, it really? uh, it has the Motown record. Oh like, you, my! You know God. what I'm talking about, like the bluish, yeah. silver yes. and purple. Yeah, yeah. Like Holy you can crap, tie, dude. If you zoom in on the actual record on the record player, uh-huh. you can see it. it says okay, Motown. let me. Really... Oh Jesus, dude! That is crazy. Two bucks. Oh yeah, it does. Good. It has the. The yeah. '70s era, the '70s era Motown, like, like color, like rainbow uh, bubble print. Oh my god, dude! And I was like, I cannot pass this up. Like, I've heard him sing before. I don't think I've ever listened to his full album, but like, I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've seen Hudson Hawk, so I, I've heard him do yeah. his, you know, and, and there there's you know bits and pieces of him doing stuff like that all over the place. And, you know, and I put it on this morning and I was listening to it while I was like doing some dishes, making breakfast, what, whatever. Um, and I got to say, man, it, it's again, it's not high art, but no. I mean, it's fun. It's really I, fun. I remember having that tape because like, OK, so like another thing like this week. I just found out, like, so, like, I follow uh, Glenn Gordon Carroll, and I don't know if anybody knows who he is, but he was a TV showrunner, and specifically, he made one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and why I'm an all-timer Bruno fan, which is Moonlighting. And do you know just hit Hulu. (laughs) Hulu. Dude, I just about flipped the fuck out and like trying to describe to my wife like what money meant to me back when I was like an eight-year-old kid and I could to stay up at 10 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night to watch it um all remastered all of the original songs all of the episodes so like 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 to me like this is like all like providence man you get Bruno's you get the return of Bruno vinyl Fucking Moonlighting comes out, uh, finally comes uh, to some streaming service fully in the way that it should be. And it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, man, like that's kind of perfect. Like, like, I don't know. I don't know if people really understand the kind of like, except for the people that live through it, the kind of cultural like time, like the cultural bomb or nuclear blow up. Bruce Willis was when he was in Moonlighting. I mean, the guy was a superstar, and it's so funny. Like he did exactly what most people who become big, like you know, who have a big hit. Uh, but I mean, he succeeded, right? I mean, literally, it lasted five what five seasons up until nineteen ninety uh, nineteen eighty eight, and at that point, it just went off the air because I mean, Die Hard happened, and when you yeah. do Die Hard, you just become a superstar. Um, that's how big he was. Like he did an album, like he wanted to do an album and he did an album, right? Like, I mean, like we all, like, I I remember, like, do you remember the Seagram's commercials? Like, like the, 
the wine cooler com- commercials yeah. where he was singing. Like that's the first time that I remember hearing him. Yeah. Um, I do have. To it's ask, it's like that stuff. The, it's that. Yeah. You know. Oh, that's even better. Like that's even better. Him just doing the weird ass like meh, meh, like the stuff that we used to see him do in Planet Hollywood. Like yeah. whenever they'd open a Planet Hollywood. He, like he would be there with his his Hudson Hawk hat and his vest, and he'd like perform. Like, didn't his didn't his um didn't he have like a like a band like Bruno and the Accelerators or something like that? Yeah, it's uh, so uh, the album fortunately even includes the original like insert that has like mm-hmm. the song lyrics and oh like shit, um dude. has like his you know. Any anybody worked there has their like a thank you little section with the yeah. like notes and whatever. Um, and it has like I read it. I, I it's in the other room where I go get it. Um, but it, it kind of breaks down like I, who knows if it's a true story of like mm-hmm. he walks into this jazz club one night and you know this band is playing and he's really digging their vibe and he orders a drink. On on one of their breaks, and the band leader comes up to him and is like, "Hey, Bruno, you want to come jam with us?" And that's how history was made. You know, it, it, it's <laughs> it's so just goofy and it, you know, it. But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, so basically, we're talking about like Bruce Willis. Like, it's literally Bruce Willis. The 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 album is the same as Bruce Willie the character like or like Bruce Willie the superstar. Now, here's the weirdest part is do you remember that there was like an HBO special at the time of the like like when this was all happening and it was like I remember vaguely like some kind of like HBO special that actually had like it was like a weird kind of like you remember like back in the day where they used to have like these really goofy making ofs like the I, I like and guys don't fucking crucify me because I'm bringing up a Mel Gibson project. But do you remember the making of Lethal Weapon two, and how stupid goofy it was? Yeah. Like they do stupid shit on it. It was like it was very much like of the Mel Gibson and Richard Donner ilk, where it was like making fun of things. That was like the special uh, for the album Return of Bruno on HBO. It was like thirty minutes. I think it was shot on video. It was like super goofy. Um, I'm pretty sure I could probably go onto YouTube and find it. Um, I should actually now. Um, but yeah, I mean, and there's some really good like like artists that are a part of the a part of the album. Um, I was looking it up on the things like the Pointer Sisters, the Temptations. Like what the oh, fuck? Oh yeah, yeah. Booker T. Jones. Yeah. Booker T. Fucking Jones, dude. Yeah. Like I'm like. What? This is insane. This is what happens when a guy becomes a superstar and he's like, you know, you know, what I really want to be is a music star. Yeah. And he just does it. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, this makes me so happy that you found this album, dude. And, like, yeah. I mean, if it had been $15, I still would have bought yeah. it. But I was like, oh, yeah. Who bucks? Like, I, I was just like, hopefully it's not scratched somewhere. And I mean, it, it's not a place fine. It sounds good. Um, it, I would say anybody who's never heard any Bruce Willis stuff singing wise, I mean, you could probably go on YouTube and listen to it. 
I the one I would point to off of this album though uh-huh. is he does a cover of Under the Boardwalk. That's yeah. That song to me is always, even though it's kind of poppy and upbeat, has always been so kind of melancholy. I don't know why. I just feel like it is. But mm-hmm. his version is so much. I, I keep using the word fun, but it is. It's just so much fun. Like I just, I don't know. It, it's it's great. It's absolutely great. I mean, he only had what two albums, I think. Which it's weird that his yeah. first album is the return of Bruno, as if he was making a comeback, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that that's that's the hilarious thing to me, right? Like like you're sitting there going, What, the return of Bruno? Yeah, we didn't even know like, Bruno. Where's the other album? <laughs> yeah. Where where is I'm here I'm Bruno? <laughs> um which like I feel is super funny because like 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 Bruno, like now in the pop culture landscape, nobody knows that Bruce Willis was used to be called Bruno, right? Like by his friends, like back when he was just a, like a, from what I understood, like he was a bartender, right? Like that was the yeah. big thing. Um, but like nobody knows that, right? Nobody knows that now. Um, and it's kind of interesting that they, um, uh, that it's called the return of Bruno. It's like an inside joke for his friends and him, right? Like that's hilarious. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I mean that's just kind of wonderful. Now you know what? Now you need to do. You need to complete the duology and get the Don Johnson album on vinyl. Oh Heartbeat. yeah, yeah. Do you remember that shit? Do you remember? Do you remember? I, that might like, be my new thing is collecting uh, vinyls of celebrities <laughs> who decided they wanted to like. Bruce Willis, Don Johnson, uh, Eddie Murphy, who who actually yep. had a hit, you know, yeah. party all the time. Uh, all the time. Uh, <laughs> well, which is my favorite. Like, which is my favorite. Um, it's it, it's weird because like that's the first Chappelle show um, episode of like you know um, of the Charlie Murphy stories, and it's probably the best. And it's the one that made me forget. Um, and also, Mad TV had the episode too. Like they had that guy that did Eddie really well, and uh, they both did like like versions of the party all the time and how that song came to be and Rick James and shit. Yeah. Um, that's probably like my favorite celebrity single. It might be like party all the time is hilariously cocaine fueled bullshit. Um, <laughs> though Don Johnson's heartbeat and the and he also had like some weird ass like TV special where like the album it was like like they all made these like like visual aids before that was a thing you know before like you know Beyonce made a, like you know a visual companion to her her albums these superstars were doing this shit and I'm just like it's kind of crazy right like I'm like uh okay like there was this time in the 80s and even the 70s because they would do it and and, i mean it really probably started in the 50s with or 50s and 60s with all those like guys that like um who am i thinking of um like what's his name from um uh ricky nelson i mean like you think about ricky nelson he started on a TV show. He wasn't a singer. He became a, a superstar singer and a like a pop star sensation and 
an actor, like a superstar actor at the same time. And it's kind of weird because it doesn't happen that often that somebody's as good, like, like Ricky Nelson, I feel is like one of the standards, right? Like I have a Ricky Nelson vinyl, like, uh, like one of the, I think it's his first album. And I have listened to it, and fuck, that's a good album. That's a I mean, really good album. You can go watch Rio Bravo and just be like, "Holy yeah. shit!" This kid. I mean, he's holding his, and he's holding his own with, uh, with, with yeah. fucking Dino. Uh, I yeah. mean, Dino that when Dino was still like good, like he wasn't like like Frank never never wavered. Dino always like at the end kind of wavered, but that was okay. That was part of Dino's charm, right? Got drunk and sang. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, this is like. I love this. Like it was such a weird, it's such a weird and random uh, deep dive into a hole that kind of makes me happy. Like, like you finding this like makes me super happy. Like I, I'm like surprisingly like, I'm like, okay, now I need to find this for myself. Right. Yeah. Like I need to find this one for myself. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. This is great. So uh, Speaking of stars that have recorded albums, um, uh-huh. as we were, also Robert Downey Jr. His is one I would also like to get. Um, yes. Uh, but uh, our our man uh, Ken himself, Ryan Gosling, also recorded an album called "Put Me in the Car." Um, I, I it's not available on vinyl. Yes. I think you can really only just download it on the internet. But yes. uh, you know. Right now, for me, that dude is the fucking king of cool. And, uh... I, can we talk about that fucking yeah. trailer? You message me and like, I need this <laughs> right now. So, The Fall Guy, again, another show from our childhood that was... Like, honestly, I don't remember anything about the show except... Other than the truck, right? Yeah, the truck and the song. Yeah. The Fall Guy um, song, the unknown right? stunt man, which was also, <laughs> you know, sung by somebody who was not a fucking singer. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like Ryan Gosling stepping into this role that Lee Majors made famous and then putting this like kind of unique spin on it, but also kind of acknowledging how fucking stupid it is that a stuntman in Hollywood is also like moonlighting as a private detective, detective or something. Yes. Like it's fucking weird. <laughs> like, well, Hey, you're a Hollywood stuntman. Can you find this person that's missing? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's what's great. Like, I just love everything about it. I love the fact that they decided to like, like they like it's a it's an insider kind of Hollywood thing, but it's also kind of like a romance. Um, it's like it's a stuntman movie, which I mean, you know, by the guys that I mean, like 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 the bigger picture for me is is that the stuntmen are making a stuntman movie that made the John Wick series, right? Like, and then you get the perfect like weirdo like i feel like gosling has finally come into his own and we've kind of like okay this is the guy who he is this is the guy that can do like he can be uh, aerobatic with his with his acting like he can do everything right like he can do comedy he can do action um he can be goofy he can be serious and it just works like everything like it's like kind of like tropic thunder 
meets a mystery, like meets the nice guys. And like, I don't know, man, like it's just it, everything in it is just kind of like what I want from a movie. Right. Like I want Winston Duke there. Um, I want him giving giving Gosling shit. I I mean, I especially I mean, like, I think that we both agree that I think I think we've talked about this before, but um, I think we both kind of have a crush on Emily Blunt. I mean, no, and... there's no kind of I mean, <laughs> I, I don't I think it's impossible for anybody not to have chemistry with Emily Blunt. I like it's very hard. It's very hard. It, like, I mean, you know who did test the test the waters of like un, unable to have chemistry is fucking Lin Manuel Miranda. Like he, like in the Return of Mary Poppins, like he literally, like I feel like he's the one person. But you're right. Like she is impossible to not have chemistry with, right? But there are those few people that have like, like you can just tell in the trailer they have extra good chemistry, right? Like yeah. it's like Jesus Christ, like that's. That's great. I mean, the flip side of that is also it might be impossible to not have chemistry with Ryan Gosling. Gosling, <laughs> because, yes. Holy shit! Like, and <laughs> I, I love this. I, I I don't know. Like, I I've never. I know he's done so much, but I've never been the biggest fan. But like, yeah. usually when I see him in something, I'm like, yeah, you know, I really like him. I think he's really good. But like. After Barbie, and I know this kind of makes me like a bandwagoner, but I don't give a shit. But after Barbie, I was just like, I've got to really rethink this guy. Because, like, while I've always enjoyed him in anything, I've always thought he was a guy who thought he was kind of too cool for the room. And I think it's just that he kind of came off that way because of the roles he was getting. And then like, I go back and watch clips of either like interviews with him or him and things that like just were under my radar that are kind of beyond the, like what's the, the, the weird one with the, is it a doll or something that he's in love with? What is it? Oh, Lars and the real girl. Yeah. That's an amazing film. That and is, I'm like, I, yeah. I never saw it. And I'd like, cause I not mostly cause I was just dismissive of Ryan Gosling. So mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, you know, like I, it, I didn't hear a ton about it. So, and eh, just, and then I watch clips of it now and I'm like, I really, really just need to go start at the beginning and skip all of the big shit, like the notebook and, you know, uh, uh, yeah, actually, I did like the one, it was way more tragic. What was uh what, something blue? blue? Valentine? Yeah, blue, blue Valentine. Valentine. I that one. Uh, I was just like, this is a fucking knife in the heart, man. <laughs> like, holy shit. If you if you think that one's if you think that one's like, okay, so you really like it's a very divisive film. I love it, but I think that between like me, Spencer, and and Scott, I'm the only one that likes it. Is of uh, uh, Beyond the Pines, which no, is I the movie Beyond made. the Pines. Oh, okay. I saw that in uh, the theater. That movie yes. is fucking incredible, and I right. can't revisit it because a, it's like nine hours long. It's it's yeah. so long. It's a three-hour movie. <laughs> but Shh. like, it's it's 
not just him, but it's like a trio of brilliant yeah. performances in that movie. But it, it's this whole, I, I think at the time, uh, I, I've got it written down somewhere, like a brief review of it that I, I wrote for like a column or something. And I, I basically said something to the effect of like, this movie is like a nature versus nurture, like mm-hmm. argument, like show and, and like expounded upon like w- which one, like in mm-hmm. almost to a degree that like it doesn't matter which one because something can come along and just completely fuck up your life. Um, exactly. But yeah, he he's and that's- so good in that movie. Oh my god. Um, and guys, skip over for a couple of minutes just because it's gonna get kind of spoily. I just want to talk about something. Like the middle the middle is so shocking to me, and it's still shocking. Um, I actually the first time I saw it, I outright rejected that movie. Like I did not believe that that's what the movie was. And then it like around like the last 30 minutes of the movie. I understood what they were getting at, but man, that, that moment that happens, you're not like, you're expecting it, but you're not. Does that make sense? Like it's such a, it's such a gut punch. And I think that that's why some people just wholly reject it is because, and the weirder part now is that that movie has aged. Like I just thinking about what the second half is about that fucking movie has aged like a fine wine. Like I almost want to revisit it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to revisit it just because of like there's a couple of things. Ben Mendelsohn, Ray motherfucking Leota. Yeah, see, Brad I forget Cooper. who all is in that movie. Uh like the trio I'm talking about, of course, is Gosling, Bradley Cooper, and Eva Mendez. Which yes. you like Bradley Cooper and Ryan Gosling like keep like showing up on the right. And not that Eva Mendez disappeared, but you fucking forget that she's a legit solid dramatic actress oh yeah oh yeah like until she decided like i mean and like i mean she's admitted that she's like you know as soon as i started having kids like with with uh, and like there's a part of me that like it sounds a little sexist but i mean like i understand like you understand like you start having kids with ryan gosling and gosling is and she's just like i just want to be a mother like i just wanted to be a mother and she does other things now too like she's a huge like She's got this huge company that that like is like a lifestyle brand, but her shit is like legitimately secretly like great stuff. Like I've heard rumors that her stuff is going to be actually at like places like Target or um, like like um, Target or some other place. But like literally legit like has a lifestyle brand that is actually practical works and is like ethically funded all the way yeah. through or it's like ethically sourced all the way through um but yeah like gosling dude like mahershala ali uh yes ben mendelson like you said ray Liotta. like I, I you i just forgot how good that fucking cast is man uh uh rose Byrne is in it you know yep uh rose Byrne plays bruce greenwood uh, Cooper's, yep Oh God, Greenwood! That's right. I forgot Greenwood was in that. Dane DeHaan in one of his few yeah. like truly good roles. Yeah. Um, you know, like there's just so many fucking people. Uh, Derek Finneras, uh, uh, the guy who actually directed the movie, has also directed Blue Ruin. Um, actually, Greta Gerwig, I think, has a has a small role tying it all back to the Gosling of the situation. 
Um, that dude has made truly special films um, and is like one of those guys that in the 70s. Yeah, he, he made Blue, made he Blue Valentine too, right? Yeah, yeah. Blue Valentine. Yeah. Like he like in if he had grown up, if he had made movies in the 70s and grew up in the 50s, he would be like like a Sidney Pollock type of like director, like a guy that we revere. And I mean, I revere him, but it's like, I mean, he was like, he was the screenwriter of uh, Sound of uh, Sound of Metal, a, a great, yeah. great film. Um, uh, the Light and Ocean Between, which um, that's actually a very interesting film. Uh, it's like a World War One romance. But it's done in the same kind of way that Blue Valentine was done. Oh, that's and, the Michael Fassbender movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the one with uh, what's her name, the other one, uh, Elisa Vikander and Rachel Weisz. Uh, yeah. That's actually a that's a very, very good but very, very heavy, heavy film. Like he makes movies that you just can't watch more than once every ten years. Like Blue Valentine, dude, that gave me a panic attack. Like that literally because I was going through a breakup at the time and watching that shit was like it was too real. Like it was just like and then like yeah, just, I don't I don't, know, I don't know if I could revisit it now just because it, yeah. it, it was so it, I think I had just also like either in the like a year or maybe a couple of years before that I had gone through like a really, really bad like dissolution of a relationship. And I was like, this is hard to watch because it's just like <laughs> all of this is so true <laughs> yeah like um, like i i always tell people i was they they always ask me like if somebody asks me like what are the hardest watches for you and i'm like uh well blue valentine's up there why is blue valentine up there what is that and i'm like oh it's about a movie it's a movie about the end of a relationship like literally the the weekend where that relationship and then yeah. every like it's told in the like if you guys don't know it's it's a movie that's told in intersections it's a movie about like it starts off as like you know it kind of like teeter-totters back and forth between the beginning of their relationship and the end of their relationship yeah. and it, it's kind of like if uh uh the notebook was not a romantic comedy and straight up true to life because it's like yeah. Yeah, this is what that's like. That volatile, like, I love you, I hate you. Like, yeah, this is more what it's like. It, it's not, you know, carving rocket yeah. chairs and, you know, <laughs> it's much <laughs> a lot more like this. <laughs> so, and James Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, James, James Gardner. Like, you know, okay, so, like, also, guys, if you haven't watched The Notebook, don't, don't listen to this, but... So, like, my biggest problem with that fucking movie, like, and it's the Nicholas Sparks of the situation, right? Is they fucking die at the same goddamn time. Yeah, like, it's I, so I mean, ridiculous, I, man. I, 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 I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And now it's back in the lexicon because fucking they, they, they're all talking about because Britney's book, Britney Spears' yeah. book, and she's talking about how, like, they didn't choose her and they're like, Oh well, it was such a great thing, and I'm like, have you guys I, see, like like have you seen Crossroads? Because she's a terrible actress. Yeah, she's a terrible I mean, actress. I hate that movie. It's yeah. really hard to argue with the people that are in that movie because uh -huh. they're all pretty fucking good. <laughs> like, yes, 
I mean, that's the okay. So, like, that's the thing that sometimes is so annoying about the notebook is that I can't, like, I have to, like, I default to the fact that, well, it's just not my, it's just my cup of tea, right? Like, I'm a romantic, but I'm a hard earned real, real life romantic. Like, I'm not, like, like, the notebook is so maudlin and so sappy, and it's just like, yeah, what? It's so just kind of like, and then you've got like the perfect. Rachel McAdams like, is fucking great. <laughs> like she is. You know. I mean, I mean you know that who, that movie aside, she's great. <laughs> yes, she is. Well, and, and I mean, like, okay, so like the thing that bothered me so much was that it's fucking is James Marsden is so like great in that movie, and he is such a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Did you? You fucking hate that. That's that- one of the things I hate about that movie. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, but I don't know. James Marsden, it's fucked up. He should get the girl, man. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 and I he's just like-, like, I understand. You've loved him all, always, and, you know, it'll be okay. Never mind. Like, I'm like, nah, man. I would. Burn it to the ground. <laughs> Be like, wait, you don't love me? We planned all this. I, I'm like, you know, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> no, absolutely. And so, like, <clears throat> like, but maybe I don't that's know, like, why I, he's a good guy, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, and it, it's funny because, like, I feel like that movie, like, literally handicapped James Marsden's career until he found. That he could be a goofy, dumb yeah. son of a bitch, and created this whole it's, like alternate. It's funny because it launched Ryan Gosling into like superstardom, and then yep. he doesn't get to be that thing that James Marsden does get to be. And yep. now we're coming full circle where finally people are like, "Oh wait, he can be funny. Let's let him be funny." <laughs> Well, and also, like, like, and then, like, the, the beautiful thing about it is that also James Marsden has finally gotten his flowers, right? Like, mm-hmm. everybody started to realize what we probably realized from um, X-Men, which is, is that, like, you know, this dude is a lot better than his roles. <laughs> I, I <laughs> hate Cyclops, but I love James Marsden as Cyclops. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, like, like, that character, fuck that character, man. Um but but yeah like gosling like okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw something out there to you because i've watched so many interviews with them and they like and it's weird because they are they like he's the one he's one of the few people that like actually get through to him which is i feel like gosling is is quietly becoming like the kind of actor that harrison ford is yeah I mean, like, like in his prime, like we're talking like I'm not saying, OK, so like I'm not like Barbie is kind of like Star Wars in a weird way because it hits so hard for so many people. And it wasn't just like girls. Right. Like it was everybody looked at Barbie and went, fuck, this is a fucking movie. This they actually did it. And the biggest thing to come out of it is kind of weird that it's. It's Ryan Gosling because Ryan Gosling is not the lead. He's, you know, he's a co-star, right? Kind of like the way that Han Solo was a co-star or yeah. Harrison Ford was a co-star in 
in A New Hope. And here's the thing, is that Harry Ford was like 33 when he made that movie. He was already well into his, like, you know, he was already well established as a cat, a guy who was not going to have superstardom. I'm not saying that Gosling wasn't. I'm just saying that Gosling had something unlocked that made him like, oh, what? This is, this, this guy is like, already, women already knew, right? And some dudes already knew, but not everybody. Now everybody knows. And it feels like the fall guy is his Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Where it's like unadulterated, we're going to put him on a stage, we're going to put him next to like the best lead possible, like, you know, we're going to put him around the best cast possible, but it's going to be this dude. And I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, and it's it's so weird because like again like I'm looking back on his career and mm-hmm. I'm like this guy has always seemed down for like so much like yeah l- like okay I'll just I'll take this chance you know and so much that I I so much of it I dismissed because I was just like yeah I don't really want to see him be like whatever weird. <laughs> you know version of yeah like mostly i i'm just like oh it's the it's the punk kid from remember the titans or it's the <laughs> that dude from the notebook uh you know but then like mm-hmm. you look at other things like i we talked last december almost a year ago like i went on a kick of watching like uh funny like murder mystery detective story stuff and i'd watched the nice guys and I was like, why don't more people talk about this movie? Because <laughs> it's really Dude, good. fucking the Shane Black, man. Fucking Shane Black, the nice guys, is so... We should, like, in an alternate universe, there's probably, like, four nice guy movies after that got made. Like, or at least two, right? Or a TV series where they're, like, you know, an HBO limited series where they come back every couple of years and they do that, like, yeah, dude, like, I fucking love The Nice Guys. I mean, have you seen Crazy Stupid Love? No, I haven't. Oh, dude. I haven't, you gotta I haven't see seen it. La La Land either. Um, La La Land is... Uh, it's good until the end. Like, that's my pitch on it, is that it's good until the end, and then they do something in the end that really should have never have happened. Like, this, like it's a movie that, and I, this is the problem I have with most of uh, Damien Chazelle's movies is that he tries to get too, too like Harvard on it because I mean, he's a Harvard grad. I always like stick my thumb at fucking Harvard grads. Um, and I'm just like fuck it, fuck it, dude. Why can't you just like don't try to make it something that it's not. Make it what it is. Like, you're going for Singing in the Rain, and you didn't go for Singing in the Rain. You decided to do something different because you wanted to be important, which, you know, it's like you can be important without having to be, like, without giving the the ending the proper poppy ending that you want it to have. Um, I would say Crazy Stupid, like, because Crazy Stupid Love is, like, a really good rom-com because it's, like, a multi, it's, like, it's the thing that people try to do, but oftentimes they can't. Um, and I think that you're going to love it because it has a very Love Actually vibe where there's multiple storylines going yeah. on at the same time. Um, 
and the way that they collude at the end. Now I know I was talking about like La La Land and how it's like unreal, like it's forced ending. Crazy Stupid Love has kind of a forced ending, but it's such a great payoff after you realize what everything that has happened and been done. It just it, it makes you feel really good. And I'm gonna say one name, and after the movie, you're going to continue to laugh is fucking David Linhagen. That's all I'm gonna say. And then after that, you will you will understand. But that one, like I would say, like if you like he is so on maximum charm, and the reason why Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are in La La Land is because of Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. Um uh he's he's actually phenomenal. Like, did you see First Man? Yeah. No, I didn't. Okay, that one, that one is kind of like like I was genuinely surprised by that one because I love the right stuff and I do not accept any other thing other than Apollo 13 uh, or from the moon uh, from here to the moon. Those two things because they're Tom Hanks and they're probably some of his best work. But anything else about NASA always feels like a repeat of the right stuff. But this is the first thing where I was like, oh, shit, this is not the right stuff. This is actually really interesting and good and different. Um that one I really loved. Um, you did so, see yeah. the Gray Man, right? And you were like, "No, yeah. he's good." It's just well, that's more of like the Russos have too much. <laughs> Somebody needs yeah. to rein that shit in. <laughs> yeah, that one is like a CGI mess. Like that's the thing I hated about it was was that you spent two hundred and fifty million dollars and nothing is real. Like, literally nothing is real. Yeah. But I do appreciate that the entire movie, Ryan Gosling is in a, is in a track suit. The entire movie, bro. He's wearing, like, a Adidas track suit. And it's kind of... <laughs> I almost wonder if... I, I like the idea of him just showing up and being like, I'll do this movie, but I'm going to wear this track suit the whole time. That, I think, is what happened. Because it was like... They were like, yeah, we're going to give you $25 million to star in this movie. Uh, okay, but I want to wear a tracksuit. Tracksuit, yeah. And he's like, well. I need to I be comfortable. To like <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he was like, I don't want to cut my hair. I don't want to cut my beard. I just want yeah. to just come in. And this is the tracksuit. So you're going to have to make me 50 copies. Of it. Uh, and they were like, okay. Um, it's, it's wild. It, it is it is truly wild. And he's also really effective in his small role in, um, in uh, the big short. He's I, I, really I've good. I've seen at that. the big short and I did, I did enjoy that movie for like what it was, but also it's, it's, it's one of those movies that like came out about something and like it, like the, the one that's coming out now that like the, the, the comp is, uh, What's it called? I can't remember the name of the movie that's coming out, but it's about the 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 stock, the the GameStop stock. Oh yeah, yeah, that movie, a uh, dumb money. Yeah, um, yeah. Where it's just like you yeah. got like eighty stars in this movie, and I bet they're all in it for like four minutes. <laughs> yes. No, and I, I guarantee you that that's it. it. Other than Paul Dano in that other movie, <laughs> Dumb Money, like like that's it. That's all. That one is. scene in the trailer. <laughs> Paul, who is it that's playing his like wife or girlfriend or whatever? Um, I think it's actually his real life, his real life wife. Um, God damn it, who is it? Um, oh God, I can't even think of. Uh, I'm gonna look it up right now. 
Um, Shailene Woodley is actually okay, is yeah. actually his wife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like, how much money did we make today? Yeah. <laughs> it's like right. uh, $800 million or whatever, $8 million. How much did Dollars. we make yesterday? $20 million. <laughs> it's just like, holy <laughs> shit. But then it cuts to... Uh, um, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Rogen. And it's like, how much did we lose today? Yeah, that's a really, it's a very well put to, put together trailer. That's funny because it's a Craig Gillespie movie, and uh, he, he was did Lars in the room. Yeah, Lars in the room. I, I was about to say he's, which I, I I looked through his IMDb and I've seen about half of Ryan Gosling's movies. The problem is the half that I've seen are mostly just him being like in, in like super self-serious things or like yes. the, a lot of overly romantic shit. And none of it really, really appeals to me. And the ones that are like truly, truly dramatic, I just I'm like, I don't know if I ever have time to revisit that. Like Place Beyond the Pines or um, I mean, you're talking about Harrison Ford. Um, you know, he co-starred in the Blade Runner sequel, um, which yep. I saw on the big screen and was great. I just don't know when I would ever have time to go back and watch that, man. Like, it's 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 pretty long. <laughs> so No, it, it is. It is. Um, but he's also got some really good things in his early career. Like, the one, like, I'll leave it with this, which is, like, it's a phenomenal film. And another movie that I could never want, I don't know if I could watch again, especially now, is The Believer. Have you ever seen The Believer? It's I on It's on Peacock. I don't think so. Okay, so um, directed by Henry Bean. And the reason why I mention Henry Bean is because he directed one of my favorite cop movies of all time in Deep Cover, the Lawrence Fishburne movie. Um, he, or he wrote the script. Um, so that's the kind of like thing that you're, you're, you're dealing with. A guy who really understands the kind of like the criminality of things. Um, Henry Bean wrote this movie and directed this movie starring Ryan Gosling, where Ryan Gosling plays a skinhead. Um, that's a part. I've of this heard of this, and I want yes. to watch it. It's uh, he's uh, he's Jewish, right? Yes, that's his secret. Is that he's not told anybody um, that he is a he is a skinhead, uh, or that he's he's Jewish. Not only that is he Jewish born, but he's a brilliant Jewish scholar. And the movie is like, oh man, it, it, it's a very tense and intense movie. Um, it has a it has a Billy Zane performance that makes you question everything uh, that Gary Billy Dillahunt Zane has done before. Yes, um, he is that, playing that's exactly actually, what you would expect. <laughs> that's actually why I've always wanted to see it because I'm such a big Garrett Dillahunt fan. I guess I just never uh, like looked into it too much. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that out when I'm not, when I'm in the right headspace. Um, yeah. Um, no, 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 absolutely. It, it is a, it is a difficult movie. Like I said, like Billy Zane, like the, I think that the only reason why Billy Zane didn't get more work from this is because he's, he, he so commits to playing a neo-Nazi and the leader of a neo-Nazi group that you literally like at the end of it you're like jesus christ like that's fucking scary like he knows it. like you know how like there's some people that play roles and they get so 
labeled with that role. I think of Tony Hopkins in um, at because I was I just rewatched Red Dragon and it forced me to rewatch Silence of the Lambs this week uh, to kind of wash Red Dragon out of my my <laughs> taste buds. Um, That's funny. Uh, and uh, but. Like he's known as Lecter, right? He's known as Hannibal Lecter. Like that's the role. Like, like nobody else sees him in anything else. Like I, like you know, like he's he's the butt. Like the yeah. he's in this amazing movie called. Um, sorry, he's in Howard's End. He's in all these great like movies where he plays like rigid people that are forced to be out of their rigidity and like like he's does master classes on like how acting is really done, but he's just known for his most famous role. And I feel like. Like in Hollywood, everybody saw Billy Zane in this movie and went, holy shit, he is really a neo-Nazi. And just fucking, nope, we're not going to cast him anymore in anything. That's how good he is. Um, what year and did it, that yeah. come out? Um, 2001. Okay. So yeah, that's that's kind of like in the like right around when he could have like really broke. Yeah. Broke big. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, but again, like that's one that's like a truly special. Like you watch it and go, "Fuck!" Like no wonder. Like and this is coming from the time frame where he was just being coming out of being a Disney kid, right? Because he was a Disney kid. Like that's what yeah. people always forget. The all of these big stars are all Disney, are all Disney based kids, right? Like which always makes me feel like Ryan Gosling will eventually go back to Disney and do something. Like he almost did. Like you know that he almost they almost. Uh, He's wanted to be do- Ghost Rider. He has. Yeah. Oh shit, dude! If, He's, t- yeah. He's talked about it in several interviews. Like, if he could, uh, you know, people like what Marvel? Like, yeah. if you could be a superhero, what? He he's expressed interest in uh, Johnny Blaze. Okay. Or just Ghost Rider uh, in general, but m- go, more just, just the okay. like being the stunt motorcycle. You know, uh, like, and, and I, I mean. I think he'd be fucking great. <laughs> yeah, he, so, would. he really, he really would. Like, um, I oh my god, that would be great. I know it was rumor, but I'm, I'm I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure somewhere he confirmed that he took a meeting uh, about Doctor Strange. Um, I think that there's all like I think that when it came down to everything, it was it was uh, Cumberbund uh, Bud Snatch. Uh, him and Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. And then Joaquin Phoenix got the role, and then he was like, "I don't know how to do this. I'm gonna have to step down." Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's my favorite part of like the Joaquin Phoenix. What could have been? Because there's a part of me that really wanted him to take the role because he's so crazy and weird, yeah. and he's kind of innocuous in a lot of ways. Because I mean, he he like the thing that I love about him is, is that he loves. He loves things so much, but he's so weird and troubling and just kind of like out there. I mean, there's a whole guys, there's a whole movie about his supposed rap career directed by his buddy Casey Affleck that you have to see to believe. Such a fucking bizarre kind of like experiment. Like, I I get it because like. It's not like he's the first person to ever do something like that. No. Which which also makes it even weirder when it's like, so now you're aping, like, a, a dude who came, like, so many years before you. Uh, yes. You know, 
and was in Taxi and, and like people don't remember any of that stuff. All no. anybody ever remembers is the Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> well, about that Andy and Kaufman. Man on the Moon. Or, yeah, and yeah. that and Man on the Moon. Um, so, but but so like, like <laughs> him aping Andy Kaufman and doing this like fake rap thing and going on Leno and like just being fucking weird and like yeah, it, it, you know. It, it stalled his career for a long fucking time. It, it really did. It really did. Until he started winning Oscars. Until he yeah. started winning Oscars. Um, and it, and it's I, so weird he couldn't do Doctor Strange, but the fucking Joker? <laughs> like, uh, but well, it's it's whatever. Uh, but, okay, so, like, go with me on this. Like, he's such a method actor. I wonder if he thought that he could get into witchcraft. And when he realized witchcraft wasn't real... Like where sorcery wasn't real, I was like, I can't do this. I can't um, do this. Back in the day, <laughs> uh, me and my buddy Alan used to talk about like, oh, if they make a Doctor Strange movie, who should play Doctor Strange? And we were always adamant that only one person could play Doctor Strange, and that's Daniel Day Lewis. But the problem is, yeah. if you cast Daniel Day Lewis, he's gonna accidentally open a door to another dimension because he will have figured <laughs> that shit out. And he's going to destroy the earth. <laughs> oh, my God. Daniel um, Day. Like, this is the first time we've ever mentioned Daniel Day on this podcast. Yeah. Even, though he's, even though he's, like, the titan of acting um, and a weird, like, just a weird, 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 weirdo. He's, like He's officially retired now, so I guess he's back to cobbling yeah. shoes and... Some small village in Italy. Who knows what the fuck he's doing? But like, oh, he's in New York. Like, no, he's you. You know what he's doing, right? He's no. best. He best friend up with fucking Bradley Cooper. They see him oh all over God. the place in New York. <laughs> but my favorite part is, is that for some reason Daniel Day Lewis has an affinity for hip hop culture, and all you see him come out with is like hip hop, like drips, like. He's like wearing sh- like he's wearing Nikes. He like jo- Jordan ones. He's wearing like bucket hats. It's a really weird fucking thing. Um, and weirdly enough, both him and Cooper look the same age. Uh, like they're like two old men that you just look in New York and go like they're very typical. Like you take like you see the picture and you're like, that's very typical New York. Like I could see I could pass by those two and not realize that they were Bradley Cooper and Daniel Day Lewis. Um, so yeah, that's what he's doing right now. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, looking at a picture of them walking around New York together. Right? It's, it's very really strange. <laughs> You're like, um, what is Bradley Cooper doing? Um, and uh, why are they just like? I mean, why? In his uh, defense, if Daniel Day Lewis is like, "Hey, you want to be friends?" The answer is yes. <laughs> so. but my favorite part, exactly. But my favorite part about this whole thing is that he does look like a carpet. Like Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis, yeah. his, like, his threads look like he's a carpenter. Like, I, it's honestly, just like, if he walked up to me on the street, I probably wouldn't know who the fuck he was. Yeah. I'd be like, be... what does this old man want? <laughs> like, I don't have any money, man. Go away. <laughs> but but also, you would probably have a lovely conversation with him. He's probably a very yeah. nice, soft-spoken British dude. you probably like, oh, oh, hey. Well, it was nice to meet you. What's your name? My name is Dan. And you're like, Wait, he looks like the dude from like you know like as he walks away you'd be like man that motherfucker kind of looks like an old version of uh the dude from last mohicans man i mean <laughs> that daniel day lewis my left foot no that couldn't be uh, <laughs> uh 
That's literally so, what it would feel like. <clears throat> so speaking of Marvel, uh, yeah. I asked you yesterday, I'm wondering if you had a chance to see it. Did you watch the yeah. Echo trailer? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, all right. So all we've heard is that they're dumping all the episodes. It, it was a mistake to do this show. And all of this may still be true. Like they yeah. wasted money on it. They are still dumping all the episodes at once. Um, but I watched that trailer and I'm like, I'm not wow. saying there's no way the show can't be like just, eh. I, I, it looks so fucking good. It really does. It really does. Like, I literally sat there and I was like, what? Wait, wait, wait. Is this the same show? Like, I literally was sitting there going, um, can someone tell me why we've heard nothing but bad things about this? Because this looks legitimately amazing. Now, I, like, I will say this. Um, that is also with a caveat of, like, Marvel, there's never been a trailer for for a Marvel thing that I didn't feel like looked like it yeah. popped. Um, but this has a very different flavor to it that I'm like, that okay, I'm very really violent, man. <laughs> like, oh, did you see the, really violent? <laughs> well, did you see the, did you see the thing afterwards? It says like, it literally says this show is TVMA for yeah. extreme violence. I was yeah. like, Oh, but it also has like, like the thing that I was so fascinated by was the component of the indigenous storyline, because I mean, that's a part of echoes like history and stuff, yeah. right? Like that's a part of her story, but like at the end where they really like lean into like the flashbacks and stuff, yeah. I'm like, Oh, like I really want to see it. I'm like if this is what it is and they got I, the right creatives for it. Yeah. I wish, I wish it was airing right now though, because I feel yes. like not to sound like opportunistic fucking white dude, but I'm gonna, I feel like on the heels of killers of the flower moon, mm-hmm. having a show like this on TV right now would probably get you a little more heat than like well we don't have anything to dump in january so i guess we're just gonna dump this show in january yeah um, no you're right you're right um and i also know, we also know that that's screwing up their that would screw up their marvel the marvel's plan which yeah. like you know man i don't know like i don't know if that's gonna like i love everybody involved with the marvel it, it's not I'm tracking just, well no it's not um but that could just be a situation where it's like, it's it's a good movie. It's just like, and here's like, I have a question. Like, why the fuck is there so much like vitriol and hatred for um, Brie Larson? Like, I don't get it. She she is a uh, woman, specifically a white woman, who expressed her opinion about some things that was not. Uh, right wing enough for a lot of people, and so she is part of the problem now. So, and I I think unfortunately, it's one of the, this is my opinion. I think it's one of those where, like, I'm in agreement with her opinions, like, because it, it's not any it's it it is what the the uh extreme right would call woke shit. Um, but also it 
comes off rough because like you're you're still kind of a privileged white woman so Mm -hmm. like it's one of those things where like you're not wrong but because you fall into the privileged white woman camp maybe you should just shut up (laughs) and also you're way too woke for the 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 right like because you're you're speaking out against things that you know you should speak out against but you know again you're you're privileged so it's it's like shut up man (laughs) like you don't really know what a real struggle is and not that she i'm sure she does but you know i it it's uh bill burr has a really really good not about her specifically but Mm -hmm. about things like this where it's just like white women jumping on this like yeah we're discriminated against and again not that they're not but Mm -hmm. like you know you'd you'd have to look it up i don't want to like try to imitate his bit but he's like it is really kind of funny how like you know uh, now you're 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 a minority (laughs) and they're like (laughs) when really like you're part of the majority um uh, so yeah it's uh have you do you, are you have you ever watched any of bill burr's stuff yes i have like right. uh i i uh i've seen like i haven't seen recent stuff but i definitely have seen like the older stuff actually yeah. i i'm halfway through his uh his film like the movie that he just did uh, I, it, I know it got Dad. like yeah i know it got like shot apart for being like whatever it is but i He seems to be one of the few comedians who can say things. And it's like, that is pushing the envelope, but also he's not wrong. And it is a little bit offensive, you know? Yes. No, no, absolutely. And that's definitely, like, where the movie is and where it lies. Um, And and I just haven't gotten through it because I just have so much to do. Yeah. uh, Like, you know... But it, it is it is definitely of that kind of ilk where it's like, I'm going to draw attention to everybody and their stupid bullshit, um, especially mine. Um, and uh, yeah, it's good. It, 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 like, it's fun. Like, I don't think it's good. It's a Netflix thing, right? So yeah. like, like he's, I think he's going to figure it. Like, he definitely has like an eye for performance, which is interesting. Like, like, like everybody isn't overacting. Um, though they have like that comedic flair to a performance um you know and it's just it's everybody's relaxed everybody feels like friends and that's a hard thing to like put on screen and it be actually tangible in a story uh so yeah like it's all to say that like you know yeah it's good um it's not great but it's it's fairly decent and that makes sense to me now why so many people like i'm like okay that makes sense um at the same time don't fucking crucify her i mean she's still you know a highly likable person in the yeah that she chooses i i i i hate it i hate that it it, it just came down to that mm-hmm. and and so now she's just kind of pissed off two sides <laughs> and the, the people are just like we don't want to hear from her like i really really hate that <laughs> So, 
Because yeah, um, uh, I, I do like her, and she's a fantastic actress. Yeah, I mean, she's an Academy Award-winning actress. I, I just, I honestly don't get it. But anywho, now that you've told me about it, now I know. Um, but uh, And honestly, yeah, I like, couldn't even tell you what the opinions were. I think it was about the pay differential between uh, female and male actors, uh, or women and men. Or de- I, honestly, you know, like my nieces have got me so shell-shocked about what I'm supposed to, like, I'm not supposed to say female, I'm not supposed to say women, I'm not, like, I'm not supposed to say girl, I'm not, I'm like, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I don't ever mean it offensive. <laughs> I just... <laughs> um, you just have to say person. This yes. person. Between, and let them uh, out. <laughs> yes, between those two groups of people, but... I think the the bigger issue is like it's not just a disparity between male uh, and female actors and actresses, or it, it's like also there's uh, there's representation issues, there's a pay divide, but like because she might be getting paid, you know, thirty percent less than her male counterpart. But meanwhile, uh, the African American woman actress is getting paid like. 60% less you know and, yeah. and it's just like there's more than just like your pay gap um any uh, again I don't I'm not really a hundred percent sure because I know she's been very outspoken about a lot of things I, I don't ever really know what people are pissed off about so <laughs> also that the Bill Burr thing it's when he hosted Saturday Night Live so just look up Bill Burr's uh, Saturday Night okay. Live monologue okay and it's it's this whole thing about how white women hijack the woke movement, and it's really funny. Um, okay. <laughs> there's also a really funny it. bit he did. I think it was in his Red Rock uh, thing. His his Red Rock. Uh, I forget what the name of the special is, um, but uh, <laughs> where he's talking about uh, watching this. Th- I think he's, they're watching on him and his wife. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he's married to an uh, uh, a black woman, and. Mm-hmm. He, they're watching this thing on Elvis and she's just like very like see see like he stole all of this from black culture and Bill Burke gets into this argument with her about how um if Elvis can't do that then she can't skateboard because that's definitely what? white culture it's oh, really funny <laughs> I have to watch this then uh, his um, comedy specials are really, really good, but yes. like it, you have to, you really have to like be okay with like. I, I'm pretty sure this dude is just fucking around. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, speaking of Marvel and Disney, mm-hmm. you did something this week. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, my wife and her, um, one of her good friends, uh, uh, treated me to uh, Disneyland. Um, uh, Disneyland. Like, I got to go to Disneyland um, for the first time since I was actually an annual pass holder back in 2018. Um, and so I got to go to see uh, everything that's at Disney right now. Like the things that, that I did not, uh, that I have not been to the Avengers campus, 
um, the Star Wars Star Wars land, and just got to do the whole thing and just spend an, an entire day there, um, literally from the the moment the park opened till I think it was about ten o'clock at night. Um, and it was like I am like I sent you a bunch of things. Yeah, things. I was so uh, jealous, man. <laughs> um. So yeah, though. Um. If you have questions, I think that the best way to approach this is probably um, is probably to like you to ask me anything that you want to know about about anything there. Um, so, the only thing I uh, the one caveat I will say is that I did not get to do Smuggler's Run because it was a four hour wait. I was about to say and, the, I, I hear the wait like literally it's like you that's all you're gonna do that day. <laughs> yeah. For something that everybody has told me is basically just a flight simulator and only 90 seconds long. Literally, the the, the entire yeah. thing is 90 seconds long. And so I took the L on it, like, to, like, get rid, like, not do it. Um, and I feel like I'm better off for it uh, because actually the ride that you probably want to go on more than anything is Rise of the Resistance. Because yeah, that's what I hear. Um, I will tell you this, that is a piece of sorcery that I'm still trying to like get around in my head. Like they're like the way that it's okay. So like, if you do it right, rise of the resistance should be the first thing that you do when you go to star Wars land, because it tells the narrative of star Wars land. Um, because it basically like you get in line and you're like, you go through these tunnels and everything, and then it starts its story, which is takes place between the last Jedi and um, the rise of Skywalker. And you play rebel recruits that are going to go to um, are going to the, the secret rebel base and are intercepted by the first order. Um, Poe is there and he's trying to like get you there, but you don't get there. And so you end up on a star destroyer. Like, like, so like literally you're walking through and you get to this shuttle and it's a real, like, like it's a real life shuttle, right? Like it's, it's literally the size of a star Wars shuttle and you get into it. And then this whole thing happens and the entire time it's kind of slightly moving. It's got, it doesn't have a lot of like shake because you're standing in it, but the way that you come in and then the way that you get out of it, you actually go from like daylight into a fucking star destroyer bro i don't like i know how it happens but it's so effective in the way that they get they they get you into the star destroyer that it's seamless like you have this whole five minute ordeal where you're like in this this thing tie fighters come after you poe says that he's going to come back for you and you get you get you get uh you get a tractor beamed onto the first order star destroyer where you're led by Imperial officers for processing. And like, literally this is the whole thing. Like you're interactively doing this. Like the first thing you see is the cargo bay. And like, literally my wife laughed at me because like my jaw was on the floor because literally it's like, it's there. Like you're in a cargo bay. That's like, that's 50 feet high. The ceiling is 50 to 60 feet high. Um, they have a, they have a bunch of first order troops that are all lined up, even though they're they're 
they're animatronic, but they kind of jiggle and move around a little bit, like to show that they're kind of like the, you know, they're real. Um, Tie fighters, like the picture that I took, uh, because we were moving so fast, that Tie fighter is a life-size Tie fighter that I sent to you, and it's a part of the cargo bay, and that's how big the scale is. I cannot like, I've seen pictures of it, and it does not do it justice. Like, so you go through with these, like, real people, like these cast, these the, what they call the cast members at Disney, that are first order people, and they're bossing you around, straight line, stay here, do that, and you're literally going through processing. So you go through the various parts of the, of the Star Destroyer to get to processing, and then the Rebel Alliance saves you, or the, the, um, the Resistance saves you, and you're in a... You're in a like a process buggy, like you know, like one of those little um, those little transport things, and the entire the entire rest of the the ride is you on this free form. Like, there's no track; it's all done through magnetics and stuff. Um, this whole thing of like trying to get out of the Star Destroyer, like Poe is there with the Star, like with the uh, the X Wing Squadron. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Finn is there, like helping you out. Like, there's a whole action scene that takes place in the ATAT storage facility. So, like, you have these life size ATATs, like ADATs. Like, they, like I'm still like trying to figure out like how they got this all into Star Wars or like into Star Wars land because it's all like you can't tell. Like, it's all seamless, right? Um, and then it ends with a kind of Star Tours flight simulator thing um, where your buggy cart goes into a, a um, into a uh, like a drop ship like a like a it's not even like an escape pod. It's like an escape drop ship. And you have this whole thing where you crash land, but you crash land onto the rebel base. And that's or the, the land where the rebel base is. And then you get out of it and you when you're out of the. When you're out of the ride, you go right into Star Wars land. And, like, dude, like, I was a little emotional because, like, fuck. I mean, it does what it's supposed to do. Like, it transports you, and for a moment, you are inside of Star Wars. Like, you are literally a part of Star Wars. It is, like... However much they paid for this, and I'm fairly certain it's probably about the same amount as like the Rise of Skywalker cost. It's probably like a half a billion dollars. Totally worth it. Because if you can get somebody like me who's half jaded, half cynical about things, and you can get me for it's it's about a 15 minute ride. Like that's how long it takes, right? Um, yeah. to go through everything and the whole story. If you can get me to convince me that this is a bit of magic. Then you got it. Like you got it. Like I like I the only regret I had is that we didn't go on it a second time. But I don't know if I wanted to do it a second time while I was there the first time, or at least that like, you know, if I was going for three days, I would like, you know what, let's save it for tomorrow. Because I don't I don't know if I wanna see the seams. I don't know if I wanna look at the seams on this thing because it was so it was such a magical experience to have this, to like be a part of this, that I now understand why they did the Star Wars cruise after this was such a success. Because, I mean, it's like quite literally, it's the most immersive thing that I've been on. Like, that I've been at. Um, 
because there's just no there's it's seamless like even the first like even the cast members that are playing the first order uh, officers literally are in character like if you start futzing around they get in your face like they literally get in your face in the best way possible right that's awesome yeah like i kind of like i kind of side i kind of like like my favorite part was like bring it back to bruno um i was like I, like i was looking around like when they were processing us and they like like made a stand in line to get into the, the jail cell and i'm like literally sitting there and i'm like come on but two get together we'll have a few laughs like i just literally said that right and this first order trooper guy heard me and he comes over and he goes what did you say and i was like Come out to Batu. We'll get together. We'll have a few laughs. Who are you getting together with at Batu? <laughs> are you the rebel? Are you the rebel spy? Because only rebel spies come from Batu. Like it was like literally wild. I was like, "Fuck, this is great." Um, like I don't know, man. Like I was speechless, and I was stunned for like thirty minutes. Like I was like going through, like I was going through the land, kind of dazed because it was like I was just in Star Wars. I was in a Star Wars. Like that is fucking nuts. Um, so yeah, like, and then you go out, and it's literally like the architecture of Star Wars. Like, I mean, you've seen the pictures, right? Like, and they've designed it in such a way that there's nothing like. And I made sure, like, I could look at this. Like, I went through, and it's a 360 effect because of the way that they put it into into Disneyland there's you can't see any of the sky markers that you normally see in in Disneyland so like it's seamless like you have to like when you get out of it you literally have to walk about i'd say about 200 to 300 feet before you get to the next land and there's like a a like a it's like an excavated hole that you go through it's like almost like a like, you know, like one of those bridge holes, like the bridge tunnels. Yeah. It's one of those. And you go through it and then finally you see stuff. So the land itself is literally, you cannot see anything other than Star Wars land. And everything is done to perfection. Like Star Wars fonts, all there. Everything is in Star Wars fonts. So like men's, women's, like it shows a man and it shows a woman for the restroom. But it says it in Star Wars fonts. Like, or it's Star Wars Skrillic, or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. uh, First Order Troopers roam around. Um, like, Kylo Ren, when he comes out, he has a, a bunch of First Order Troopers. Uh, we saw him, and he was giving some shit to... He was giving some shit to a little girl, because the little girl was giving him shit. Um, and, like, I think the little girl said, I'm not afraid of you, Ben Solo. I know who you are. Who told you? Who told you that? And then, like, the tr- the First Order Troopers, as he walks away angrily, um, goes, oh, man, there goes our day. Great. Um, another <laughs> Kylo Ren. Another Kylo Ren tantrum. Um, like, seamless. Like, I saw, like, Boba Fett was there until the until the troopers came around, and then he left because the First Order Troopers are there, right? right? It's wild. It's, like, I don't even know, man. Like, I can't, I can't I, talk I, about if it. If I lived close, I would have... Uh, season pass and my whole weekend would just be hanging out in star wars land it'd be like i'm done doing anything like i live 20 minutes away from here Uh, one of my weekend days is just me showing up and staying at the park all day just so i can live in that world i okay so like to tell you how like 
like 45 years of fandom, like, you know, birthed into Star Wars, right? Like, do you know what got me? Uh, you know what almost made me cry? Like, it literally, I got emotional and was being in the lightsaber shop and holding Kanan's lightsaber. Yeah. Like, and then realizing, like, the thing that made me cry, like, or the thing that kind of got me choked up, and, like, the salesperson was, like, so funny, because she was like, you know, it happens to a lot of people. And she's like, it's okay. I'm like, fuck you. Don't even tell me this is okay. Don't say that this happens to everybody. I'm like, I don't need to know that. But it was the fact that you could pull apart Kanan's sword and and make it the way that he had it on the first yeah. episode of Rebels. Um, I didn't, I almost purchased it. I did not, and there's a reason for it. Um, so so like what they don't tell you is is that like so like i was looking at it because it would like i sent you that thing about how kanan's lightsaber is like the is an exclusive to disneyland and disney world you can't buy it anyplace else um and so i looked at it and i was like you know what i'm uh, like you know i kind of really want like if i'm gonna have a first lightsaber it's gonna be kanan's because i it just we've talked about rebels enough to know that like you know rebels is like my thing I think it's both of our things. Um, and it was only 170 bucks. And I was like, fuck it. I want this fucking lightsaber. But then I always like rest on it, right? Like I take a, an hour or two before I make a big purchase like this. So like we walked around and then at the end, like we, we went to eat. I actually drank blue milk. Like I now know what <laughs> that blue was milk's, great. <laughs> I now know what blue milk tastes like. It tastes like a combination of Pez and... Um, pineapple citrus. It's quite delightful. I can now understand why why everybody drinks it. There's actually they actually had green green milk too, which is the which was the Luke Skywalker stuff from the new trilogy. I did yeah. not partake in that. Um, so like, and then they had like, of course, like the food is all there. It's all Star Wars centric, right? I did not. I wasn't able to get into the bar, unfortunately, um, because the bar requires like an RSVP. Um, yeah. which really sucks, but everything I've heard is like, that's like, other than, uh, rise of the resistance, that's where you want to go because a lot of the, the cast members that are really complex, like the really amazing costume character work is in there because it's, it's an ice box. So like these, these guys don't pass out and shit. Um, but so like going back to the lightsaber thing. So like, I came, I went back. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I want the Kanan. I want the Kanan hilt. And like, okay. Um, so I was like, okay. And then they bring me this box, and it's just like a little square box. It's not like a long box. And I was like, okay. And they're like, I was like, so where's the actual lightsaber? Like the actual lightsaber thing that connects to it. And I'm like, okay, so we have two options here. You can get a 26 inch or um, a 31 inch or 32 inch um uh lightsaber uh bulb and i was like okay i was like that's included in the cost right They're like no it's an extra 55 dollars or 60 dollars uh, what and then they were like and i was like okay so like this so has the display balloon to like over 300 dollars <laughs> 300 like with the hill like with the with the um uh, with the stand that looks like a star wars stand right it was 322 dollars yeah, you're like uh, I was like I was gonna buy a hundred and eighty dollar lightsaber and yes. three hundred bucks. And like this, like, and the sadder part was was like I was gonna do two, 
because I was like, oh, fuck it. Because they had, here's the thing that impressed me the most. They had everything there, including um, Star Wars video game character lightsabers. But the thing that impressed me the most was they had both Ahsoka dual swords. They had her new ones that look like chunky uh, samurai swords. And they had her original Clone Wars ones at the size of the Clone Wars ones. So they're like, not children's size, but they're like teen size for a teenage girl, right? And literally, I was like, okay, I want the Kanan and I want the Ahsokas. And I just couldn't because the Ahsokas were 225, which because they're dual, they're two lightsabers, right? But then I had to buy, I'd have to buy two, like yeah. two lightsabers and then two holders. It was all to say that, like, I was like, oh, I fucking want this, but man, like, they could have included everything because, I mean, if I'm buying something that's like this, that it's metal, it feels like you feel the weight of it, right? Like, it's, it's like they are, they fuck, they are fucking real, right? Um, I kind of want it to be a whole package. Like, even yeah. if the whole package was like, $250 I would have been more like oh okay well it comes with everything that I could need right so that I don't have to worry about it nope well, just, all... the, just the hilt with the stand in the case on eBay is 250 bucks and that's ordering it off of eBay wow. So, wow. so yeah I imagine with the if you found one with the the uh the uh, blade on the end of it uh, yeah. to attach it. it. Yeah, I mean, so because uh, obviously it's marked up from what you'd from pay what for the, it at the well, yeah. And and because it's an exclusive, because the Canaan sword is exclusive to Disney, and yeah. I and they told and here's the here's the worst part is that there are more lightsabers coming that are going to be specific to Disneyland and Disney World that you could only get there. And I was like, I looked around and I was like, hey, you know what? And here's the thing that well, I was like, you dirty bastards. Um, I was like, you guys don't have Ezra's original gun lightsaber? And they're like, not yet. And they yeah. smiled at me. And I'm like, fuck, you fuckers are gonna have, like, there's now three, at least three <laughs> lightsabers I want. I'm like, I'm Q, not five be... years from now, Adam spent eight thousand dollars on lightsabers. <laughs> living in his li li living living in his cardboard box at the Adam, underpass. Adam is divorced, living with his dogs under an underpass, but he's got oh. twelve lightsabers. <laughs> and he goes on adventures. <laughs> A very fucking <laughs> Don Quixote of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's that meme. Have you seen that that Harrison Ford meme yeah. where he's holding on to the Saint Bernard and they're like, yeah. when the edibles wear off, and yeah. you're a space drug dealer with your <laughs> with your Wookie. That that'll be fucking me and shit with the dogs. Thought he was a <laughs> thought, thought he was a fucking Jedi going uh, when the edibles wear off. <laughs> fucking hell. Um, Divorce but, court, like she can have everything but the lightsabers and the dogs. <laughs> yeah, uh, which uh, you know, if, if if I ever get a divorce, I fucking know that I'm uh, like that the dogs going <laughs> with my wife. I already know it. My fucking, I'm already done. Um, but like, I'm gonna say like. That wasn't that didn't even ruin anything for me. Like, like I know that sounds like <coughs> stuff like that ruins an experience, but the yeah. experience was so fucking pure. It was like seeing Chew like seeing Chewbacca walk around and yeah. 
seeing kids and adults losing their fucking shit because he like because because he's I, around. Yeah, I've I've seen. I, so I've never been to Disney, um, and I I but I've seen you know and talked to people and like how exciting it is for them to meet Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse or and. I'm not not taking it away from that experience or the people that do those performances or even like yeah. Cinderella or Snow White or any of that stuff. That, all of that's great, but like it would be really as a child, no, but as an adult it would be really, really difficult for me to lean into that as anything other than like, oh, this is. It feel like going to Comic Con. Like, oh, that looks cool. Like, look yeah. at that person. Like, like that, that. It feels like cosplay. Whereas, like, everybody I've talked to that's been to the Star Wars uh, world, yeah, is like, no, 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 no. Like, this is. It's like you're there. Like, it doesn't look like somebody cosplaying as Chewbacca. It fucking oh. is Chewbacca. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no, you know, uh, like, you're just in that world, you know. And I watch the videos, and, uh-huh. like, it, it it's so, it, like, I'm just like, I would I would want to live there, man. Like, I would just want to live there. My, my yeah. sister-in-law, when they went uh, a year and a half ago, her and her daughter, mm-hmm. she was like, Logan... The, the Millennium Falcon is just, like, it's right there. And it's, like, it's, it's it doesn't, bro. it doesn't look like a prop. No. It looks like it's going to take off. <laughs> like, I'll like send you-, you could just walk on board and be like, all right, punch it, Chewie. You know? <laughs> My wife has a picture of me by the Millennium Falcon. I don't have it yet, but I'll get it to you. Um, to show you the scale like it literally is the Millennium Falcon like they have Poe's X-Wing um, yeah. it's it's literally life size like like I I was in shock like that's the only thing I can say like going into Star Wars Land I was shocked like it was just literally like what so- this is like I, wow. I want to ask you about a couple of non-Star Wars things. Sure. One, is the Guardians of the Galaxy ride there and open? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Did you get it's to ride not, that? Um, I've ridden it before. So, oh, okay. like, I, I, I did not because, okay, so, like, weird side story. Uh, so, my like, we didn't go to what they call DCA disney california adventure where the avengers campus is until um until like around four or five o'clock but so there's a there's a mickey mouse ride that my wife really wanted me to go on because she loves it and i will tell you this ride is one of the most striking rides i've ever been on um it's what you would okay so like the um the ride is a is a cartoon come to life? Um, how can I explain it? It's called Runaway Where- Railway, right? And so basically, I've what heard it about is, this. Yeah. Okay. Wild fucking ride. So you, it's in the movie theater. You go. It's called the El Capitoon, like as in the El Capitan. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> 
so you go through this, right? And um, and you go through this theater, and it's basically it takes you through the history of that's where the Mouseketeer poster was. Um, I sent you that thing like with yeah. Mickey as the uh, the Rocketeer and stuff. That's where that was. And basically, it gives you a history of Mickey. Like this ride is kind of like designed to be like, okay, all y'all forgot about Mickey. This is what Mickey is about. And basically what it is is that you go into a theater and you start watching this thing and you think it's just watching it, right? And then Goofy comes along and fucks everything up like Goofy always does. Now, I will say this much because it's all done in kind of weird black and white. Um, but Goofy's eyes are yellow. So he looks like he has some fucking jaundice going on. Like he truly looks weird and wicked, right? And it's it's a cartoon where Mickey and Minnie are having a um a, a picnic with uh with uh with pluto and he like of course goofy fucks everything up and he like he's on this train because he's a train conductor and he goes through the screen and the screen blows up and cracks open and you go through the screen and go into his railway where you have to fix things and you go through and literally, they've done it in such a way where it looks like 2D, 2D animation that comes to life inside of the ride. Um, there's a lot of projection onto like existing uh, flat surfaces that are made to look like, like you know, like any kind of ride where like they have like the they have the they have like the background and it's like like it looks like a like a painting and stuff. That's all what this ride is, but they have projections on them where you see Mickey and Minnie and you see Goofy and different characters come in and actually are populated there. So it's this fucking wild Roger Rabbit style kind of thing where you're inside of a cartoon. <sighs> this thing is made for kids. They didn't think about adults might want to be on this fucking thing. And the seats are so uncomfortable in the way that it sways you back and forth. Fucked my back up at one point. And mm. this is towards the end of the day. So my back was like super sore after I got out of it. It's an amazing ride. But people should know that if you're an older dude that has some back problems because of the side to side sway and the, and the give in there and the small tiny ass seats, it creates this thing where your back is literally being smacked all over the place. Um, it did not create a good thing for me. So when we went, like, after that was the last ride we did before we went to the Avengers campus, right? Um, so we went, so my back wasn't feeling good. So I'd already been on it, but my wife loves that ride. Like, it's her favorite ride because they, it's a drop ride. Like, it's a, and that's why I couldn't go on it. Like, the Disney World one is more of like an, an experiential, like, like ride ride, like where you, like, it's a flight, flight simulator, like, like star tours this one is more of like like dropping you like it's a free fall ride right where you're you're in tevian's um it tells a story right like uh tevian has captured the guardians and the only people that the only person that's around is rocket and rocket um you help rocket like free the guardians uh from tevian's uh collection and then it's all about them escaping. And so basically it's a free fall thing where you go up and then you start seeing cutscenes. And each of the cutscenes 
after the cutscene, you drop or you get shot straight up like five stories and then get dropped five stories again. It's a wild, fun ride. Um, to, because there's like there's variations. There's literally, I think they said a hundred. Uh, let's see, I think that there's like something like forty thousand or no, 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 three thousand different variations. So you would never ride the whole thing. You could never ride the whole thing and get the whole experience because it's different each time because they right. have different songs playing. And at night, when you like, when you really want to go, when we wanted to go, it's a little spicier because it's like the PG thirteen version of it, um, which plays a little bit different and it has a little bit different of a flavor to it, um, more akin to what the Guardians are on the big screen because it's a little bit more kiddie um, when you want when you do it during the day. Um, so yeah, uh, so I couldn't go on it um, because of my back. But I did, uh, I did go, well, they were there. I did a couple of other things that I wanted to do that I, that I hadn't done before. But yeah, dude, um, it's a lot of fun. Like if you're, if your back is okay, uh, like that's why. Uh, my back is never okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, well, dude, that's why I pump myself full of painkillers. Um, like whenever we used to go, I would pump myself full of painkillers. We would get some breakfast in California Adventure. And then right when... By the time the ride was right, like by the time like the line was finished and I was there, I was ready for the ride and I could ride it during the day. Like so it would be like we'd get in at eight. We like it, it fills up that quick. Like yeah. the the ride is usually like a two hour wait. Um and so, you know, I painkillers, breakfast burrito, uh like you know, like right away, wait in line, two hours later, we're there, we're doing it. It's a lot of fun. Um, but if you do it at the beginning of the day, it's like, okay, like my back is strong. Like it's uh, like, it's got the painkillers. Like it didn't hit me, but like, yeah, like after that Disney rail, the runaway railway uh, thing, I was like, yeah, maybe not, but it's a lot of fun. It's just be prepared because it's a free fall get a ride. So uh, Avengers campus overall, like I, I know it's not the star Wars experience, but um you know, I, I, it's become a, all like it, I used to say, like when they did, when they started doing the Star Wars stuff or when they announced, uh-huh. I was like, that's the only reason I'll ever go to Disney. And that's probably the only thing I'll ever want to do. Like just that I'll just spend the whole day there. And then they, they announced they were doing the Avengers campus. I'm like, oh shit, now I need two days. Um, but I know it's not quite the, the scale that star wars is it's not yet but here's the thing so like we were there for about i was there for about three hours and i filled my day i filled my time there i mean that's with waiting for uh christina um and her friend to like go through guardians of the galaxy so like there's a lot of like things like there's a lot of character interactions right like you can get photos with everybody um when i was there it was cap Spidey, Loki, and uh, who was the other guy? Who was the other person that was there? Um, oh, and Black Widow. Like, those were the four people that I saw in the three-hour time frame that were giving uh, photo ops and stuff. And I will tell you this much. Like, those photo ops are so hard to, like, actually get to because so many people want free photos, yeah. right, with all these people. And, like, the characters are so in like that's the thing is that like 
in both Star Wars and in the the Marvel account, the Marvel campus, they're both like they stay in character. Well, that's that's like, Disney in general, though, right? Like yeah. they're they're all pretty good because they 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 there's a specific term for it, right? Like, yeah. uh, um, I mean, they're actors. Really, that's what they are. They're actors. So. Yes. And um, so, so like, what I did was the things that I hadn't done, which was the, I think I sent you pictures of the, oh, I did not send that to you. I will, I will send you a video afterwards of, uh, uh, of, like, some of the story from Web Slingers, which is the, which is the ride, quote unquote, ride that uh the spider-man ride which is essentially it's a video game plus a ride so essentially what it is is that like the stark has and this takes place between um like like end game right this is after this was this is not this is pre-end game infinity war right um and basically stark has funded a uh like a like kind of like Brooklyn Visions, like a, a science center that Pete is at, uh, along with a bunch of other kids, and he's working on this spider bot, uh, <coughs> which oddly enough looks like the 2017 video game or 20. <coughs> sorry about that. Um, the 20 uh, the 2018 spider bot uh, the spider bots from the spider uh, Spider Man, um, which is a lot of fun, right? Hmm. So, anywho, um, they start replicating. And, of course, as you all know, what happens with replications, it gets out of hand. So, your, what your task is, is to help Spider-Man get rid of the Spider-Bots as they keep on self-replicating. And the game is, you have Spider, uh, Spider-Man web-slingers, right? And the game, the... The ride knows the action of Spider-Man. So, like, you know, the, the web-slinging thing. So you have to web-sling and shoot these spider-boxes to destroy them to help Spider-Man so that the campus doesn't get destroyed. And the bots keep on replicating and make bigger and bigger bots, and you're, like, shooting at them and stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. It, like, I cannot express to you how much fun it is to sit there with the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man and him doing his Tom Holland misact, trying to get, uh, trying to help and talking to you about things at the same time that you're doing the Spider-Man shooting web slinger action and That's shooting awesome. these little spider bro. Oh man. Like, and then there's the competitive nature of it where it's like the score you're playing against people that are behind you because it's like it's like a it's this the vehicle that you're in has two like a front and a back but it's not really because you have people um people on both sides universal had a lot of rides like that when i went i mean yes decades ago um but yeah there was like a men in black ride that was very competitive like that it was a lot of fun um the spider-man ride at universal wasn't competitive like that but it was extremely interactive um and i I wrote that i i went to universal studios in 2001 um literally weeks after 9 11 so there was no one there um we had we had planned our trip for like two months um and we were driving down 
So, like, we got there and the park was just practically empty, man. I think the longest wait we had was for the E.T. ride. <laughs> um, oh, oh, was, but, it, was uh, <laughs> it still? I have to ask about that. Because when I first rode that, the weirdest ass part about that was E.T. says your name at the end. Yeah. Did he say your name? It was broken. <laughs> like, he, oh, no. like the, the voice box thing was broken. So uh-huh. you couldn't really. It sounded even way more <laughs> fucked up than normal. uh, I think we had to wait for the Jaws ride too. Like that was, and honestly, that was so fucking disappointing. (laughs) The Jaws thing was so disappointing. (laughs) Well, okay, because and here's the thing: you probably remember when Disney Florida opened up, they had that commercial that literally showed you you were going to be around fucking explosions, yeah, and flaming water while fucking Jaws was coming out. I'm like. When that didn't happen and people told me about it, like they came back from Florida, like, yeah, man, this is fucking disappointing, man. That that ride's as bad as the one in Hollywood where you can see the shark from fucking 30 feet away. Um, I was like, oh, man, really? There was no yeah. flaming water? They're like, no, no flaming water. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was very, very disappointing. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that... Uh, it, it, at some point in the very, very near future, I will be able to. Honestly, if I'd save my money, I could absolutely treat myself to stuff like this. But the problem is, I do things like, you know, like, oh, I have an extra $150. I'm going to go blow it on junk that I don't need. <laughs> so instead of being oh. like, I'm going to put this away for vacation next year. And then I always have three weeks of vacation. I'm like, I got nothing to do because <laughs> I got no money. <laughs> um but i will tell you this much like the last thing i'll tell you about which is the most fun was eating at pim's kitchen so like they they have this like they have this uh like the main restaurant in the avengers campus is an ant-man centric um a food uh like a kitchen where you can get drinks you can get um you can get food and it's all either super big or super small um and like i sent you a picture of my like what i got which was a giant like it was like i'm a vegetarian so like i like you know i don't eat meat but they had an impossible uh meatball like spaghetti thing where the meatball was literally the size of my fucking fist (laughs) and so like I, i i that um and but I was like, they have a giant pretzel that literally is a giant pretzel there. Like the food there is fucking wild. Like like what they do with it. Like they have giant drinks. They have tiny drinks. It's uh, it's all keeping with what you would expect from something that's like Pim's Kitchen. Um, it's kind of fantastic. I spent like literally. I literally spent like 10 minutes looking at the menu just because of the fact that it was so much fun to see what was tiny, yeah. big. And then when I ate, like it was like, uh, like food at a, at even at Disneyland, even though they promote it as being really good, is kind of questionable most times. It's like, oh, okay. It's still junk food. But I will say the Pim's Kitchen was probably some of the best food I've had at Disneyland um, or California Adventure. So like that was a lot of fun. And then also, like, I spent a lot of time 
window shopping and I sent you a bunch of like different uh, things that they had there um, within the Avengers campus store. Uh, like wild stuff that like people want, but I'm not sure. I don't know if it's all, like if they're exclusive to the, the 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 actual campus or they're online. But I mean, it was just a lot of great stuff, like like the arc reactor or the uh, like the arc heart or whatever you want to call it uh, from Tony Stark, the original one, the proof that Tony Stark yeah. had the heart. Um, you know, Iron Man's glove, of course, uh, Thanos's glove, but then like how they get you is like the infinity stones are each in like you have to buy them separately um it's just it was a lot of fun being able to go through this kind of stuff and like the stuff that you really want as a fan like you know like shirts are cool and all but i mean it's like you really want this like this cool stuff like the sticks like i was telling you like they already have the sticks for loki like the um the tva uh what do they call them i can't even think of what they're called um, uh, yeah, I don't, but, I don't remember what they're called either. <laughs> yeah, but like one, what like they already had those and they were like super functioning and super cool. Um, and like they have it all out there for display so that you can actually take a look at it and like hold it. And there's like a real weight to things. Like the, like the, uh, like the one that I was genuinely surprised by was the Tony Stark uh, proof that Tony Stark has a heart because it felt real. It felt heavy. It felt like what you would expect it to feel like. Um, so yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like, I mean, both of them are very different experiences, but, a, but a lot of, a lot, a lot of fun and a lot of just kind of like, um, like I would say this much, like I'll say this, like, I don't often feel like whimsical from my childhood or like feel like a kid. I mean, I, I mean, I'm 40 fucking five. Like you, you, there's never a time where you feel like a kid, right? except for when I was in Star Wars Land, and in a different way when I was in Avengers Campus because it's yeah. just like there's this seamlessness to it where Disney makes sure that like your your experience is not like your experience is on you like that's the thing that I feel like I love about Disney is that your experience is on you so you can either be an adventure bounding content creator that goes to disneyland every day and enjoys the hell out of it or you can be the cynical munchy munch that doesn't like like that hates everything that thinks everything is stupid right why am i paying this money it's up to you disney doesn't give you a disney gives you the choice because you can eat like either or experience is, is to be had and everything in between it's never disney's fault that you have a bad experience it's going to be on you and that's kind of the magic that i i under i think that with Star Wars land, it reminded me of that. It reminded me of, like, as a kid, the wonder of, like, actually being impressed and having, like, something magical happen for you. And I don't know, man, like, it was a, it was a wild experience, and it was kind of like, it reminded me of that, and it made me feel good. Like, you know, oftentimes with these kinds of things, what is the first thing that you're thinking about? How much am I spending on this? Yep. And... Like, if if I can, if my thought process can get away from that, and I'm a, I'm a more jaded person, I mean, you know, we've kind of talked about this, I think that people understand that about me, I'm a little bit more jaded, but cautious, cautiously jaded, right? Or just cautious. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, this was something completely different. This was like, fuck, I'm a kid again. Like, and that was like the strangest feeling, because it was like, 
Wait, what? Like, why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling like this sense of like, like excitement and giddiness? That's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's what it used to be when you were a kid and you were about to go see something that you like you were excited for, right? And like, like, why am I watching these trailers? I want to see this thing right now. Or getting a video game or getting a, like a Lego or Lego set or like, you know, like unwrapping shit at Christmas and seeing all the new Star Wars toys that you got and what you're going to do with them and shit like that. It's like that like feeling is what I had at Star Wars Land. And um, yeah, it's kind of great. Yeah, uh, I'll get there one day. So. <laughs> oh, yes, you will. Um, I'm glad you got to have that, man. I hate that, uh, it, it more than likely led to, uh, a little, uh, uh, bout of, uh, when we go to conventions, we call it con crud. I don't know what you yep. call it when you catch something at amusement park. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know that at, at festivals, we call it festival food. Yeah. Like, like a con crud is definitely a thing too. Cause I used to, I remember when I used to go to uh, the Comic Con in San Diego, like that would be a thing where it's like in the middle of, like in the middle of August, you'd have this terrible, like weird, fluish yeah. thing. Same thing with, uh, with festivals. You go to festivals and, oh, well, I mean, now it's kind of different. It's like, <laughs> now it's like, <laughs> it's the, it's the it's just, I, like, I have COVID. Is it COVID? <laughs> like, yeah. 100%. Is just it, COVID. <laughs> is it COVID? Uh, like like yeah it's not even like okay let's not talk about concrete or uh you know disney dysentery whatever the fuck you want to call it i'm like is it COVID? is it COVID? is it not um so yeah but dude i fucking do it again are you fucking kidding me like that oh, was fucking yeah. wild and amazing and perfect and everything i i love about experiential things like you know that like you want like I, when I have an experience like that, I want it to be the best. And oftentimes it's not. So you kind of have to prepare yourself for the worst, right? This yeah. was one of those cases where it didn't matter how upset or grumpy I would have been. It didn't matter how, how excited I was. And nothing would have prepared me for what I got. And that's kind of like, I guess that's the best case scenario, right? Like, like that's what you want. I, um, I think that we're going to, I think I'm going to talk to my wife about possibly uh, doing universal post um, uh, post Christmas, because like, you know, I want to, I want to see Nintendo land and I also want to go to Harry Potter land uh, just to see how they compare. Right. Um, Though each, like, I think that the Nintendo land may be a little bit more my jam than the Harry Potter. I mean, I love, I mean, we've talked about Harry Potter. I I love Harry Potter. Uh, but it's not the kind of like deeply rooted Harry, Harry Potter for us is not our childhood. It's no, not. But but Nintendo and Star Wars. Nintendo, is, yeah. Right? Nintendo is Marvel. like you know yeah. like we we were eight you know running through you know the Mushroom Kingdom. We yes. we weren't eight years old uh, watching uh, Harry. Uh, hit the platform and go through, you know, platform nine and three quarters or get on the Hogwarts Express. Not that that wasn't like fun and exciting, but it was like, it it was us watching as adults going like, kind of like wishing that's what we had when we were children. Star Wars and to a lesser extent, Marvel, because when we were kids, we, all we had was cartoons and the comics. Um, Yeah. 
you know, and, and Nintendo for sure. Like those are the things we lived and breathed. So I, I, I feel you there. Like I, I do want to do, um, all the Harry Potter stuff. I, I've promised one of my nieces because she's a huge Harry Potter fan that like the, we're going to go, uh, at some point. And I, I might hopefully like more than Disney, like as much as I want to do Disney, like that's the one we we keep putting off and like uh, maybe i'll get to do that next year um because she's she's in a fine she's 22 i think so she's she's in a place where it's not going to be like even if i'm like okay i'm springing for the passes it's not i'm springing for the passes and the room while we're down there and all your food and all your drinks and all yep. your souvenirs. And all, it's just like, you have a job, an, you have your own money. Like I got the passes. Let's go. <laughs> it's an expensive proposition, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. especially when you're having to travel. Um, that's the big thing for me is like traveling because that becomes either flight or drive. I mean, you guys could drive. I know that you guys could drive. It would be hell of a drive um i think that my sister did it recently um uh from uh from atlanta to but she lives in atlanta proper uh so she went from atlanta proper to to orlando she drove they yeah. drove there um but i mean and it's, it's not still, terrible it's, if you're not doing it by yourself if you're doing it by yourself exactly. it's really long <laughs> yeah i can i can only fucking imagine but then you also have to do an airbnb or a hotel if you yeah. do a hotel inside the kingdom that's super fucking expensive i've done yep. that before um so i know how expensive that is not in florida but in in california we went to uh, yeah it's state just as bad in florida yeah probably, it, not maybe not quite as expensive as california but it's probably real fucking close like yeah, it's but, it's oh, so much more. Just a regular I, hotel in Florida that isn't a Roach Motel is so expensive. <laughs> I uh, can't even imagine, dude. Um. So, but like, <clears throat> that's all to say. Like, like I feel like there's like they've gotten to the point with technology and moving forward and. The understanding, like, with this newer generation of Imagineers, like, what people really want. Like, like the seamlessness of it all, right? Yeah. Like, the things that, that, like, it's not good enough. Like, for me, I finally realized why Star, like, like, I was thinking about it for, like, you know, ever since, like, I left the park. It's like, why did this ha hit me the way that it did? And it's so weird, right? Like you talk about this, like, like, why does it hit me like this? Like it, it becomes this whole thing of like this meta kind of contextual thing where you take yourself out of your memories and you're kind of like looking at it like in fucking Minority Report. I'm like, I'm like fucking Tom Cruise, like replaying everything in my fucking head, trying to find the murderer, uh, trying to find the, the the thing that like unlocked it. But it really truly is this un the seamless the seamlessness of everything. Like, and I feel like because I've been to amusement parks before, I feel like there's a care and an understanding now because these people, like the Imagineers or the engineers, whatever you want to call them, that are making these things, experienced this, whereas the people that were doing it before were like, they were thrown into it by Uncle Walt in Universal after they've been making movies. They're like, no, 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 no. We need you to do this mechanic stuff because you have an engineer degree. 
son of a bitch. Okay, yeah. fine, whatever. And like sitting there smoking cigarettes, fucking trying to design things to make it work, but not caring about that extra next level, right? Like, oh, I went through yeah, this the experience. Childhood. Yeah, exactly. which is which is where a lot of other theme parks just you know like Six Flags is is you know <laughs> up there with the but like it it fails in the experience like yes. when I was a kid it was fine because i was like rides 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 as an adult i'm like dude i could ride like three rides and then i'm probably tapped out because my body is just going to be like nah bro (laughs) like (laughs) no (laughs) like if it if it you know rattles (laughs) when you're moving like nah nah (laughs) like if it jerks too hard nah (laughs) after three it's just like i'm done man and that's if i'm not too fat to sit in the seat (laughs) so because they're not really designed for they're they're designed for smaller people um and you know i mean i'm big but i I don't weigh 400 pounds you know (laughs) i weigh 270 and i a lot of times can't you know i hell sometimes i have a hard time like if i go to an old theater i'm like i can't get my ass in this seat man <laughs> like this is, it's way too you know so yeah it is i'm with you like the experience and universal was the only time i've ever had that where i'm like these rides are great but like the experience of like just being in these certain places uh and it like bringing things to life like going to like at the time they had like a Jurassic park section and that was cool. And then Seuss land and that was cool. And, you know, like they had a little Marvel section and like seeing the daily bugle and like, you know, that kind of thing was really cool. So yeah, for stars to be so immersive. Yeah. I'm, I'm so ready to go. Um, and, And I'm part, part of me is very, very glad that they've shuttered, or began to shutter the, the like Star Wars, like whatever they called it, where you like stayed in the, the, the room that was, you know, it was like immersing yourself in a complete experience and like yeah. you stayed on site and like, and it, it was so fucking expensive because I know, even though I've heard nothing but like it's really not worth the money. I know me, I would have been like, no, I'm going for the whole enjoyment. Like, I'm going to do the whole experience. It's going to be terrible. I'm going to waste so much money, but I'm doing it. (laughs) And now they're like, no, we're not doing the Star Wars. Like, we're shuttering the Star Wars Hotel. We're going to do something else. That was a big waste of money. Now I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of glad. So uh, it'll be a little bit cheaper proposition. So Um, anyway, yeah, that's. Uh, I know we didn't really talk about anything we watched, but honestly, I really haven't watched anything. Um, um, I was thinking about that, like, what was I watching and stuff. But like, the biggest thing is that. I mean, we 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 could talk about Loki, but I feel like I haven't watched Loki this week. Oh, okay, okay. Thank yeah. God I didn't tell you. I didn't talk to you about yeah. it. Um, I haven't um, watched it but... this week. So we got we got behind on recording the Marvel Fanfare podcast. And so rather than like get too far ahead, we're supposed to record tonight for two episodes and then I'll watch this week's episode uh, after Uh, we record. So, um, 
yeah, so I really haven't watched really much of anything at all. So, um, but I uh, I did finish uh, I, I, behind the scenes talk, but uh, I shared with you the I finished uh, I guess the forty second yes. volume of uh, yes. and we talked a little bit about Alien Three last week. So, um, and so I think I'm pretty sure the next one I'm gonna watch is Lilo and Stitch. Uh, speaking of Disney talk, so um, yeah, uh, okay. if anybody wants it, well, I should say, if you want to hear anything else I podcast about, go check out xwingfiles.com. But more importantly, I guess maybe, um, if you want to read the stuff I write, it's over at Adam's site. Yes, themovieisle.com, which um, <clears throat> On Devil's Night, we posted your crow, which is one of my favorite pieces. Like honestly, like 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 I reread it um, on Halloween, and like it was just it's just like it's a great piece about the crow and what the crow means, like truly means. Like it's cool. It's a '90s new metal goth graphic, uh, you know, uh, graphic novel adaptation, but it's more than. And I think that you unlocked exactly what it was about, especially considering, like, I had heard the stories about what happened with James Obar and, like, what he went through, which, to me, it feels like that more feels like a movie that we, like, like, that feels like a movie waiting to happen, right? Like, a serious, like, a serious, like, movie about, like, what you actually talked about in the, in the article, which is grief. And what it does to us and how it affects us and how it changes people and how it's related to how much grief is related to anger and sadness, but especially anger. Um, it's great, dude. Like, uh, uh, I mean, like, how do you follow that one up? Well, there's another movie and another person that, that you talk about. Um, and it's kind of fitting that, like, like, I didn't realize that the two movies were so kind of emotionally connected, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. uh, and yeah. Uh, and I just got the, like, you know, I got the newest, I newest volume and I was reading through that. And, and again, you're just you know, on fire, bro. Like, and I'm not saying that just because like you're posting it on it, just because it's very meaningful. Like everything is very meaningful. And, um, I loved, I loved the alien three talk. Like it made, like it's, so I'm gonna I'm gonna deep dive I'm gonna do some venture watch before the killer gets posted on the 10th, which is next week, which is next Friday. Uh, so I'm gonna do some venture watch, and um, I always like to do movies that I haven't seen in a while, and Alien Three is definitely one that I have not seen in a while. Um, so I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna actually um, after I had read your post on it, I'm like, you know what? I I definitely need to rewatch Alien. Uh, Alien 3, uh, which we'll be posting later on this month because the next one is posting next week, uh, which is uh, man, fucking Tony Scott, man, fucking man on fire. Is like, so question for you as we leave is Man on Fire the greatest Tony Scott movie? I mean, I think so. Like, I, I, I there's too. probably two or three that I haven't seen, but I, I mean. It's it's really fucking hard to argue that that's not his masterpiece. Like I know yeah. people will point to like a lot of the other like '80s things he did, um, but 
I mean, Man on Fire is just like it's literally the title describes the movie. Yeah, like it literally. Who like everything worked right? Like his style, his style gelled in this. Like that very specific ninety, like the the Nine Inch Nails dual double camera at the same time. Yeah, the 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 gel, the photography. But then, best of all, I feel like it's. Like if it's Tony Scott's best movie, does that mean that it's possibly Denzel Washington's best movie? I mean, regard like of his of his genre stuff. Like, yeah. Okay, Malcolm X is fucking Malcolm X, and like, like it's probably my favorite probably Denzel performance too, though. So like, I yeah. mean, it's favorite, just... not most important. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so good. It's so good. Like, I like. I keep on, I, I often think about films and I often think about the Tony Scott stuff because I miss Tony so much, man. Like, like he was my jam when I was a kid. I mean, you even like, you kind of talk about that, like, like Tony Scott and like, you know, the Tony Scottness of everything. Right. Um, but like, man, like, like that movie is just, I don't know. It's like, it's like apex Tony Scott. It's very, very much so like everything that I, I love about Tony Scott in a movie and I don't know, man, like it just hits, it hits hard. Um, and I, it's been a while since I've seen it. So, and as a man who's, you know, either about to be at the end of his prime, um, I I feel like, yeah, I mean, mid forties, people typically talk about it, like being like a part of your prime headed towards the end of it, man, Creasy. I, I like, I understand the, uh, the I understand the whole thing of like Creasy with him starting over again more than I ever had when I was a kid. I watched that movie like, you know, as a 20 year old and like, fuck, yeah, it was a kick. And oh, man, he's going to fucking fuck them, dude. They fucking took the girl. I think about it now and I'm like, it's like Creasy, like, like I like, I don't know, man, like the broken downness of it, like of Denzel Washington's performance in that time frame where he's literally like it's rare that I get a movie where like the character is playing about the age range that I'm in. Yeah. But and, it, it, it's, it was really funny watching it. Uh, I, honestly. So, I mean, I inadvertently hit this theme of like the crow man on fire and fire. alien three about these three characters who are literally at the end like yep they have nothing left mm-hmm. through no fault well in man on fire it's a little bit different but basically through no fault of their own like they they yep. they were in a place of uh like aliens ends with Ripley having some hope and, you know, the crow not opens, but you realize that the, the, the crow, uh, Eric and, uh, Shelly were like, while they weren't living large, they were a very like hope filled, uh, people. And, you know, like, uh, man on fire it's it starts out as a dude who has like who cannot deal with the demons of his past and then finds like this hope in 
uh, a kid. And it, it's funny, they all kind of have these surrogate daughters who more or less kind of sort of drive parts, like huge parts of that story. And yes. it's just these three characters who have this hope that they found, this light that they found fucking yanked out from underneath them. And they're just like, I don't, I have nothing left to live for. Yep. It's that it's truly about grief. It's true. Like, what do you do with grief and how it anesthetizes? Like it's a, it's a really weird, but fascinating trilogy that you kind of like found yourself in. And it's not even like a trilogy. It's like a thematic trilogy. It's not even like a trilogy that's combined by characters or anything like that. And like, to be perfectly honest, like I said, like it's, it's some of the, like everything feels like a warm up to these because they're more or less kind of very much confronting um, grief, which is ultimately what this, what this column is kind of about and dealing with it and processing it. And um yeah it's some of the great stuff like uh, like i know insider baseball but like if like you know when the book happens i feel like it's almost like you you may like unless something like unless 50 is like a a powerhouse knockout thing we may want to recontextualize the order in which they come in yeah yeah i I was i've been thinking about that and like the order might need to change where we start off with some things that are uh lighter and more goofier and escalate to other things <laughs> otherwise it's going to be like <laughs> well this feels like an odd thing in between these two movies um our yeah. our Lilo and Stitch will feel like a wild departure after <laughs> discussing <laughs> like <laughs> spoilers for those three movies but like movies where the fucking people literally literally march to their own death like yeah. <laughs> it's three movies where the main character is like oh yeah there's nothing else i'm going to die <laughs> and it just make that choice you know yep. like yep. even the crow is about a dude who comes back from the dead then gets that power taken away from him and then is still very much like oh yeah no still got to do it gonna die like (laughs) Like, well it's like it's funny because it's like they all end up doing what rock charles dutton's speech at the end of of like towards the end like at the final third act he's like where do you how do you want to fucking die on your fucking knees or standing up yeah and it's like each one of these characters do the same thing they stand up they, they like literally like, no, I'm not going to take this on the fucking news. Yeah. I'm going to do everything that I need to. Um, and yes, people, Creasy dies at the end of fucking Man on Fire. Like even I at 23 or 24, when I watched it, I was like, no, he fucking, he's alive. He'll fucking, there'll be yeah, another no, movie. It's, no, it's, no, no, like, motherfucker is dead. Just like, yeah. just like Maximus dies at the end of Gladiator, which is kind of like, Tony talking to Ridley and Ridley talking to Tony in a weird way because they're both very similar films just done in different eras. Like, not even different eras, but, like, different times. Yeah. Uh, like, like literally, they're set at different time periods. But they're literally kind of similarly kind of themed about, like, vengeance and grief and what does that entail. But, um, but yeah. 
But, but, like, I mean, but got, yeah, you're like Charles. Charles is that like his speech that he gives a couple in there. Yeah. But, um, you know, his uh, eulogy at the the, the uh, funeral uh, yes. for uh, uh, the girl. Newton Hicks. Uh, yeah, Newton Hicks. Newton Hicks. Yeah. Um, and then his speech, uh, like to the to the boys of the prison, and then yep. when him and her have their final moment, and you know he makes his choice, you know, yep. uh, they're I mean they're so fucking good. Like he, it it is a career performance I think from him. But yeah, like yeah. I, when I was watching it, um. You know, he he says, you know, there aren't any promises and which is the name of uh, this volume. Um, If anybody doesn't know, every volume is literally a quote from the movie that I'm watching. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, Which is Uh, great. Like, (laughs) I I absolutely when you told me you were working on Man of Fire, I was like, man, it has to be. I wish I had more. I wish you had more time. I yeah. really do. I hope that. The, and then when I saw it, I was like, "Fucking a, dude!" Like he knew exactly the line. Like I guarantee. Like I was like, you know what? I guarantee you that when he when he said "Mountain Fire," the initial thing that he probably thought about was the title, and it's that's the perfect title. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, it's all the same. Anyway. You guys. Need, yeah. Yeah. Go go and also go read Adam's reviews. He he just posted. Uh, I'll brag on him. He just posted American Ninja and American Ninja Two. Uh, which just <laughs> makes me want to revisit those really stupid canon classics. Um, <laughs> but they were uh, so much ninja- fun when we were kids. <laughs> oh my God, dude. And like, literally, like, I will say this much about those. The revisit was delightful, but it made me really realize how much I love Steve James and Michael Dudikoff as a pair. Yeah. Like more so than I liked other duos that were a white dude and a black dude getting together for buddy cop films or buddy buddy films. Like, I mean, and I will say this much. I'm fairly certain the Russos and everybody involved with Winter Soldier literally watched American Ninja 2, the confrontation and went, you know what? This whole super soldier ninja thing, we can do this in much better. Yeah. Uh, no, no, never mind the fact that I know that you know they based it off of the Winter Soldier, the actual fucking Ed Brubaker comic. But there's just so much like in common with it that it's hilarious that um, that each one of them are there. But yeah, like I'm gonna just say, man, it's fucking. It was it was it, it's an utter delight because I laughed so much watching these fucking movies because yeah. you know canon. Uh, and I've got one more ninja movie that's uh, actually going to post on Sunday. I'm doing the w- rare weekend, uh, the rare weekend posting of things because, um, yeah, because of course, why not? Because it's a yeah. ninja movie. And <laughs> what was the best time to watch ninja movies? Saturday morning or Sunday morning? Yeah. So there you yeah. go. Um, so yeah, go you. go check out all. Go read all that stuff. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, we will have watched something by then. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that we will. Um, but who knows? I, I mean, uh, who knows? Like, who knows? Maybe we both don't get to the Marvels on on Friday, and we get to it on Saturday or Sunday, and then we talk yeah. about it next week. I, right um, now, my plan is actually to see it Thursday night because I am oh, off okay. this Thursday. Um, oh, okay. so I'm hoping to Tim? go to a Thursday showing. With Tim? 
uh, with our buddy Tim from. Uh, no, I, I might okay. just go by myself. So. Okay. All right. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm going to hang out with uh, Spencer, so I oh we there may be plans for us to go see it. I don't know how keen like Ezra and he are on needing to see it on the big screen. So, but yeah, sure. uh, hopefully by Saturday I will have seen it. So hopefully you get a chance okay. to. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll see so. what happens. Uh, but I will have definitely seen because it's going to be on Netflix. I will have definitely seen Fincher's um, The Killer, yeah. so I can report back to that. Uh, I'm going to try to watch that too. So, and I'm also going to try to watch like uh, I'm going to try to watch the Sly Dog uh, because okay. the, the Arnold like because of course you know Arnold Arnold had a dog, so Sly needs a yeah, dog Sly on has Netflix. To have one too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to watch that one and I'll report back about that because I, I mean you know. Why not? Uh, it, yeah. But we all know. We all know it's not going to be as good as Arnold's. Just like everything that Sly does, except for <laughs> uh, th- that. I think we could have an argument there. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, all right. We'll see you guys next week. Back to you soon.